A thousand years ago, there was a terrible war in Rhymehold, which was then called something quite different. And there was one 950 years ago, and another 890 years ago. Rhymehold pledged itself to the flames of war. And centuries later, when the rest of Amilta has begun to rebuild, that debt is still being paid. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your legacy of Vilas cat. <laughs> We're getting hardcore today. Yeah. I'm serious business. And I say swears. Mm-hmm. I'm Kathleen, who's all fucking business all the goddamn time. Yeah. Kathleen is a grade A fuck sayer. Who hardly ever says swears? It's Nick. Hi, everybody. I hardly ever say swears, but sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes swears. And that was Kirsten. Hi. I also sometimes swear and sometimes don't. It depends. <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party set up an ersatz base in a warehouse off the coast at Naka. After a bit of conversation, however, Marcus realized that his colleagues may still be here and decided that he couldn't let it rest and was about to set out into the cold again. The party very quickly expressed their solidarity, thus denying him his one-man mission, which he's been trying so hard to achieve. And Cobb said that, as a pirate, he may well have a way. And I refused to let him say what that way was and cut off the episode at the end. And that's where we are. (laughs) You did. Cobb didn't get a chance to talk about his wonderful plan. Right. Because you just rolled dice and told me to come up with your plan. (laughs) And I needed time. (sighs) That being said, however... Here's Cobb's very good plan, and it is as follows. Not far from the city of Naka, there is a ridge that you passed in the coastline on the way here on the Westbreaker. And on the other side of it is a little sheltered cove. Pretty idyllic little spot. Yes, absolutely. Also, however, the perfect place to take smuggled goods. Cobb knows this. Cub's done that kind of work. Smuggling's good work. And where there's a smuggler's cove, there's usually a way to get goods in and out of the city. It also may be rum, although it's probably frozen solid. And old. Mm. See, I was alluding to tunnels. I thought that was maybe what you wanted. (laughs) Well, I mean, Cobb always wants rum. But tunnels are good, too. Should we retcon Cobb as uh, having joined Penelope and Caldus with the fortified wine last time? Or maybe Cobb just had his own bottle. I think we established that Cobb's always got something. This is true. Cobb Cobb keeps good track of his rum rations. It's hard work out there being a sailor. Mostly Cobb just likes not feeling very cold, and rum helps with that. Mm -hmm. Rum do help with that. Cobb is not a cold weather person. And yet here we are. Listener, this is not good survival advice. Do not take Cobb's advice on this particular font, but that's okay. If you're taking life advice from a pirate, like, I can't help that. <laughs> yeah. I will say that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty badass of you, though. <laughs> mm. 
the pirate way. So Tissa has listened to this and is staring out at the white void punctuated with the shapes of buildings out in front of the party and goes, uh, can, can we make it there before nightfall? And back? Mm. What time of day is it? It is late afternoon. There and back? Mm, I don't know. There? Definitely. Another thing, Cobb, is that these smuggler tunnels, usually there's entrances, any places somebody would want to get goods in and out of the city. So we're most likely going to have some sort of entrance here along the, uh, in the, the harbor district. That's true of the smuggler tunnels you have encountered, at least. Well, there's a couple of places I think that we can get into further into the city here without being too exposed to the elements and whatever's milling around here. If we leave now and we move quickly, we should be able to at least check around, do some reconnaissance, and then come back. Tissa nods. She's ready to move. All right. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's check out the tunnels, I guess. Yep. Marcus nods. Let's go. Guess we search the warehouses. Yep. All right, everybody, get your running boots on. And yeah, Cobb is going to check a couple of the places that he would definitely like if he was going to be coming into the city this way like smuggling routes, he'll definitely check some of those. And I guess moving out from there, like other places that wouldn't be highly watched or traveled, if the sort of obvious ones aren't doing anything for us. Okay. Give me understanding. Give me understanding and pick a skill, but I'm thinking survival. One success. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what I did with the ice challenge, where I'm going to ask the party to come up with a certain number of successes. Cobb can point you to the kinds of places that might have entrances. And that's a start. What's everyone else doing? What are the spell pieces here? The spell pieces here are ice, sunlight, hollow, and sorrowing. Tissa got an edge success and a four on an understanding tracking role. And the four, I'm going to use my assist pool to turn into a success. Okay, great. If you keep this edge success, you will not find the tunnels in time to get back to the warehouse before dark. Like, it'll be the tunnels or nothing after dark. Oh, there's also a three here. I guess I will go two into the assist pool instead. Okay. What's Penelope doing? So Penelope is thinking of the word supporting earth. Um, She's thinking of casting hollow earth to get like an underground terrain map of like under this warehouse. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Could I do it a court? Could we make finding hollow earth? Ooh, yes. Ooh, that's very good. Kirsten, usually your spells are big fat stinkers. But this one, <laughs> this one's dope that's as That's a lie. Head. You know that's a lie, Kat. All of Kirsten's <laughs> spells are wonderful. <laughs> uh, they have their certain charm, I guess. <laughs> no, I love it. 
So if you're looking for just like like a ley line map of the things that are hollow underground, I think I'm going to ask you for like a total of five scatter, but you could split that with Tissa. How do you feel, uh, Tissa, about like I do three and you do two or? Sure. All right. Sounds good. Now, please describe to me visually what finding hollow earth looks like. So first, Penelope has to lay flat on the ground and put her ear against the floor. And she kind of raises up a finger like, I need quiet kind of thing. And it's listening. And she can kind of hear the vibrations of the earth and the differences between what is solid and hollow. But it's still not coming through quite, quite clear. But the fact that Tissa has added finding to it, um, kind of, all of a sudden, you see sort of a... Like, you know, or you know those, like, old-style things that people would hold up to their ears to, like, help project the sound into their ear? It looks like a long trumpet bell. A hologram version of that kind of appears between her ear and the floor to make it even more distinct, and she's able to trace out a general map of the underground tunnels. This is very good. And can I add to it by making it, like, much sillier? <laughs> by the way that the chord happens is that Tissa is watching Penelope and wants to get closer to Penelope to see what she's doing. Basically ends up, their boots are touching just a little bit as Tissa's standing over her and is acting as an antenna. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> oh, I like that. Friendly antenna, Tissa. Mm-hmm. The Tissa antenna helps get in touch with the vibrations to get a really good, clear map of the underground tunnels. Beautiful. Okay. So, true to Cub's instincts, one of the warehouses nearby has the end of this scrolling pathway of light that you can see. As you can see, it wind through the residential district and up the hill toward the sites that Marcus was talking about, as well as down around the other side to that cove that Cobb was talking about earlier. With that, you've identified the warehouse that has got the entrance in it. All right. Come on. This is where Tissa's tracking successes come into play because there are deep gouges in the ground where things have been pushed around all over the place. And there's a section of floor that I think maybe due to the extreme cold is a little bit warped. Looks like a section about the size of... Shit, it's time for me to describe the sizes of things, gang. Sit tight. (laughs) (laughs) A section about the size of like a parking space is warped and kind of coming up from the rest of the floor. Tessa isn't going to beat around the bush with it and is going to, like, get down on the ground and see if she can find a seam. And if there's not a seam, get ready to smash it or pry it open with her spear. There is a seam there, absolutely. And I think Caldas also starts examining it. Once Penelope notices people looking around this section of floor, she'll also help pry it open. Cobb will get in there, too, because if it's large, it's probably heavy, and he's good at picking up heavy things. Marcus gives it a sharp kick, and sure enough, it does sound hollower than the rest of the floor. All right, here we go. 
Uh, I don't know, some kind of knot hole? Uh, just like everybody tossed me a sensitivity roll. Just sensitivity straight up? Actually, you've got a valid skill for this. Uh, tinkering. Cobb also just got two successes on his sensitivity. Nice. He's paying attention right now. Because we're doing Cobb shit. We're doing Cobb shit, so he's way into it. <laughs> yeah. Cobb finds a knot hole that kind of presses in and takes with it a chunk of wood big enough to use as a handhold. Aha. All right, everybody over here. I think we got it. And he tries to, I guess, lift or move or shove or however this is opened. Probably covered in ice and stuff, so he'll probably give up pretty quickly and be like, okay, we have to clear this. Yeah. Uh... Penelope's probably just going to try to, like, once there's the handhold, going to try to just, like, daring athletics it. He's just like, boo, that's, that's all. <laughs> Give me the dice. <laughs> to roll the dice. Roll the dice. Would not be the first time Penelope had massively hulked out. <laughs> and I love it when that happens. Ah, that's actually three successes and an oh, edge. Dang. Ooh. That's so many successes. She rolled real good. She was real ready to move this board. <laughs> yeah. Cops like, stand back, everybody. And Penelope's like, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to throw your back out one of these days doing that, but uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Penelope's young. I don't think she understands that she has a spine yet. What? What All is right. body damage? There's, there's no such thing, right? <laughs> Tell me about this mighty heave that Penelope do. Um, Penelope sees the handhold and similar to hatches in the barns where they have to move the hatches for sending grain down and stuff. She just kind of like does a really low squat, hovers over the handle and goes, and almost does like a, looks like a, what's that called? Clean and jerk? Yes. Yeah. And goes boom and lifts it up as high as she can over her head. And? Or actually, I guess I, I was thinking of a hinged is it hinged it's not a hinged hatch it's just a yeah it is hinged yeah the hinge is concealed on the other side so it sits flush with the floor but you give it a toss and it begins to flip backward all right and a panel of floor breaks free of the rest of it with a snap and a piece of one of the timbers doesn't quite come up when penelope does her lift that's okay there's a splinter sticking out from the entrance and this section of floor the size of a parking stall flips over with a massive whoop, lands on the other side, leaving a stone staircase descending down into darkness. Ooh. Tissa readjusts her posture, sighs, gets ready to go, and then looks at Pollyanna, and then looks at the stairway. Pollyanna looks at Tissa and looks at the stairway. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll have to sit this one out, Polly. Here, here you go. And Penelope rustles and grabs an extra blanket from her bag and does her usual fussiness, even though Polly's like, eh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. But no, no, you could get cold. Here, extra. <laughs> Polly gives a stomp at you, but by now seems to accept that you're doing an underground Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's party. All right, everybody, down we go. All right. Countess has a about 50% forced grin. 
mm-hmm. and heads down the stairs. Marcus sighs and hurries after him. So what are the twisty passages like? Are they all alike? Are they all different? There are two scrolling ones, and this is kind of a spiral staircase. It curves around as it leads down. And are we likely to be eaten by a Gru? Well, that depends on how dark it is. Well, thankfully, Cobb always has his lantern. This is a well-established Cobb fact. Cobb's (laughs) always got a lantern. The light of your lantern comes back in a thousand tiny reflections from the crystalline frozen surface of these ancient stone walls. The air down here is musty and stale and ice cold. Everything is pristine and strangely quiet, aside for the sound of your boots on the ground. The staircase leads around in a gentle sloping arc, leading downward until you can see a door to your right and the passage continuing straight ahead. I'm not sure what the marching order is, but Tissa is looking at Marcus for what he's signaling. Because Tissa is obviously curious, because of course she is, but she also knows that the thing that we need to do is get to the top of the hill. Right. Because the last thing that she wants is to be outside in a place that she understands is completely full of horrors to the extent that she can feel them right now. Yep. Marcus goes immediately for the door. You've shown him a map, and when you guys were creating this character, you gave him Maze Master? This is a good point, and I'm glad that it's finally paying off for us. The man can't get lost. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's not capable. So he just grabs the door and hauls it open. And uh, actually, that's a good question. Uh, Does he do that? Because everything here is frozen shut. I'm going to drop a dice. I just know it particularly daring. He's only a little bit athletic. He gives the door an impressive yank, but it does not give. It stops on its frozen hinges. Creaks a little as he hauls against it. I was like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna mess up your shoulder again. Come on. Yeah, let me work this one. I, I'm very good at this. And Cobb is going to daring athletics. Cobb is very good at that. Three successes, one edge success. Ooh. <laughs> Cobb has a lot of dice for daring athletics. This is true. Cobb is extremely powerful. Can he kick it off its hinges if he keeps the edge success? I don't see why not. I I really approve if that's what Cobb chooses to do. Very well. I will keep the edge success then because it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like everybody's clamoring for it. No, I have to think of a good edge success condition. You are, okay, you aren't going to be able to look that cool because you are going to slip on the ice and fall over. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like something that would happen to Cobb. (laughs) Love it. Impressive mighty kick. Boom, door just flies open. But then Cobb on his butt. Cobb just, just sitting there on his back, just kind of like looking at the ceiling. Just gives a thumbs up. I'll I'll be up in a second. <laughs> do you need do you do you need us to help you? Um I'm fine. Just hurt my pride. Didn't you just tell Miss Hunter that she was going to throw her back out? 
Mm, it's true. He did. He did. Well, I'll deal with you later. <laughs> Give me a second. <sighs> you see Caldas just slowly extend you that bottle of fortified wine? I may need that in a little bit. And Cobb kind of pulls himself up. All right, everybody. Let's go. Let's. It's a long walk from here. But if the map you two brought up is correct, it's a straight shot from here. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have a ton of time to waste, so let's get moving, everybody. And Cobb is going to head uh, down the tunnel as fast as he can. I mean, I don't know how big the tunnel is. He might very well not fit inside it very well. Well, I mean, the, temp- the temple's meant for illicit, like people carrying goods. Oh, okay. So one big boy is not going to touch the capacity of this place. The stairs leading down here were long and dark. You suspect you're pretty deep. Cobb is out in front, lantern out, and he's got his sword in his hand because we're in crazy spooky town and you never know. You never know. Now, my question for you is, can I get everyone to roll me either understanding or sensitivity survival. Absolutely. Cobb will roll sensitivity. He's trying to pay attention right now. Tissa has a success and an edge success and a four and a three. Okay. Cobb has a success and an edge success. Penelope's rolling understanding and just got two edge successes. Okay. So the difficulty I'm aiming for here is two. Well, it looks like Cobb might be taking that edge success then. Uh, I'll scatter another one into the assist pool. Okay. <laughs> it's the finale. Let's really mess Tissa up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Tissa, the path continues forward, and the party is walking for several hours when they encounter another branch leading off to the left-hand side and slightly backward. You know from your map that this snakes up toward the industrial district. You know from your sense of time that hours have passed. Mm. We're running out of time. Are, is something going to come from there? Um, no, but this, based on the map, is your last chance to turn off and get out of the tunnels before the top of the hill. If if we keep going, we will pro... This is the last chance. This is what we're supposed to do, right? Up, up this way? Mm. If... This is our last chance to turn back. This is what I am supposed to do. I am going. You use the word we a lot, Tissa. What are you supposed to do? I... I'm supposed to do the right thing, but I have to help. Hmm. You do have to help. We're all going together. We're not going to split up the party. Yeah, Marcus, we made this decision a while ago. Yeah, hey. Hey, 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 if it helps, if it helps. 
And I'm not saying it's going to help. But if it does help, remember those horrible marks on the ice? Mm. None of them down here. Mm. Hey, that's true. Actually, how does the tunnel look? Does it look like someone's been through here recently or does it look pretty... Absolutely not. It looks utterly abandoned. If it weren't way too goddamn cold for spiders, there'd be webs everywhere. That being said, if we can find a place to fortify after turning back, we can try and return to this tomorrow. So, like, make a base camp around where the warehouses are? Hmm. This is the residential district. I guess... What what kind of building would be the, the easiest to fortify? Hmm. The ones we fortified in our initial defense were large institutional structures. Okay. Large. Um. Something without a lot of windows. Hmm. Which in a residential area might be tough. That's why the warehouses are so nice. Almost no windows. What else is in the resident? Is it mostly just houses up in the residential districts then? Mm-hmm. Hmm. There may be a couple isolated storefronts, but not much. You can sort of hear the butt of Tisser's spear sort of vibrating against the ground a little bit. What's uh? What's up, Tissa? She. Yeah, like her hands are trembling a little bit. Oh, okay. I think, I think it seems like wherever we fortify, we should find quickly and not spend too much more time in the tunnels. Hmm. Uh, we, we move. We should move. Okay. Forward. Mm. God, this is like whatever you say. All right, let's let's head forward. I know that the fortifications of the hilltop. We can rest there. Onward it is, then. Onward. I... I, He kind of looks around. I never knew these were here. Hmm? I lived in Naka. I nearly died in Naka. I fought my way to the docks. Never knew these were here. They're, uh, they're quite hidden, um, and it looks like they haven't been used for a long, long, long time. They're warmer, at least. Let's move. Mm. Look at it this way, Tissa. Down here, they'll have to come at us one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. That's not reassuring. You're not reassuring at all. That's only two directions instead of everywhere. Hmm. There's no way we can be surrounded. Especially once we get to the other end. Hmm. Caldas kind of takes another swig of the fortified wine and passes the bottle to Penelope. Penelope also takes a swig. (sighs) Holds it out for anyone else who wants to take a swig of it. Marcus has already started walking and Caldas is hurried to catch up with him. Yeah, Tissa is right along with Marcus. Yeah, Cobb is up there too. Cobb is probably actually walking ahead 
looks like. <laughs> they got the lantern up high just to make sure that everything is a-okay. So I have written, if the party is underground at nightfall, brackets, and better be careful or I'll fucking do it, and brackets. But the party has been very careful. <laughs> <sighs> at the other end, you find a staircase. Another slow spiral staircase leading upward back toward the surface of the city. Here the stone of the walls is white. Limestone, probably, and glittering, like they're carved out of snow. There is a strange breeze that you think you can feel every now and again that makes a hair or two twitch and then disappears into nothing, like a voice you half hear in a crowd. The ground is slick, and everything is shining. And at the end of a long, long stretch, you see another hallway, and another set of stairs leading up into the ceiling. Three successes on sensitivity focus. What does it feel like here, and what are the spell pieces? Because I remember you saying that the ridge felt different. Right now, the place you're in has the spell pieces quick, hidden, forgotten, passage, and crime. These are very good words. It's a very fun place where cool things happen. And what are the vibes coming from the hallways above us where the ridge is? From above you, there is an uncanny feeling of stillness and quiet. It's different from the quiet of the tunnels. The quiet of the tunnels is one of disuse. The kind of quiet you would expect in an abandoned passageway. But the quiet above you is absolute and serene and feels strangely safe. Tissa inhales sharply. I... Could they actually be there? Hmm? Well, let's go introduce ourselves. Hmm. Let's go. And Cobb goes and marches up the stairs, and if there's a door or something, he's gonna open it. Okay, there is what looks to be a stone slab. It is cold like it's way colder than the rest of the tunnels like the tunnels are extremely cold but they're underground there's some insulation there this is cold cold mm. do we have to move the slab out of the way to get through the passage that seems to be what it's shaping up to yes mm. ooh ooh I have a cord idea mm-hmm ooh Nick, mm -hmm. how do you feel about lifting sands? Uh, lifting sands sounds pretty cool. Cobb can definitely hand lifting over. And then we could, I guess we need a third thing. So that could be hidden lifting sands. I assume that all rocks are sedimentary rocks and therefore are sand. Mm. This is my logic here. Limestone specifically is, I believe. <laughs> Don't make me do geology. <laughs> Fuck, I should never have mentioned a specific type of stone. No, I, <laughs> I don't mean it. I don't mean it that way. I mean it more in like. Well, I'm looking. 
look, a rock is a sand. They're the same thing. Limestone is sedimentary, yeah. (laughs) So hidden lifting sands to move the thing out of the way. Okay. All right. I'm only going to ask for probably like three scatter for this. This is like a, this is a big deal, but it's not. Okay. One for Tissa and two for Cobb? Sure, Cobb's got plenty of... Cobb is still, like, on running off a nose scatter, so he's got plenty to give. So describe to me hidden lifting sands, please. Tell me what happens here. I think that Tissa and Cobb put their hands on the slab together, and their hands almost seem to sink into the stone for just a second as the stone kind of compresses forward, like a little wave. Like each individual particle of the rock is moving forward and sort of like shifting. And then the whole thing kind of pops out. I like that very much. You are greeted as the spell is cast by an absolute blast of frigid air. It comes roaring in and whistling over the new mouth of the tunnel with a deep moan. And what do we see? You are in a courtyard. There is a limestone wall surrounding an open area covered with snow. There is a tree dripping with icicles, sheltering the area. And there are stone markers evenly spaced in the grass. Well, not in the grass, in the ground. And just on the other side of the wall, or on the other side of a door, there is a large structure, a temple. Penelope's just gonna make a straight up sensitivity roll to see if she sees any, anything of interest by the temple. Um, fresh tracks, or maybe there's like markings she recognizes, that kind of stuff. Yeah, go for it. Marcus just leaves the tunnel and starts walking toward the other side of the courtyard. Or I guess, could that be a sensitivity humanity? From I guess I'm looking for like, People, or I guess straight sensitivity is fine. Do you know tracking? I don't, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. I used to, but when we did, we did. Oh, yeah. I have survival. Uh, sensitivity, survival will do the trick. And a whole lot of, like, three, 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 and two. (laughs) Yeah, you can't see Jack. She just starts heading over where Marcus is heading. This is along with Marcus and has another success on sensitivity focus because she's still sort of consumed by the idea or sort of consumed by the mystery of what the stillness that she sensed meant, I mean, aside from the graveyard. The words here are nourishing, forgotten, absolute, refuge, hollow, and sadness. Marcus walks up to the large door at the other end of the courtyard and just kind of starts wailing on it with his fist. Like trying to knock really loudly or just like he wants to bang it open? Yeah, just like a big loud pounding, yeah. Caldas is examining the mechanism, just kind of ducking around him to get a closer look at the door, just the spectacles. Penelope will use tinkering to see if there's anything she can spot on the door. 
Sure, give me sensitivity tinkering. Ah, actually two successes. Two successes will tell you that this door has been, um, it has been kind of tampered with. It didn't used to have a lock, but now it's been kind of physically reinforced. Oh, okay. Can you see what's reinforcing it or just can kind of tell that it's been? It's blocked off from the other side. The door is open. It's just not giving. Oh, okay. Hmm. Seems like it's blocked from the other side. Uh, cat. Yeah? Can horrors? Like, horrors have to obey some of the laws of physics, like walls and doors and stuff, right? Yeah. Unless they're, like, spawned inside a place. Okay. Like, if if you were, like, in a coliseum, then horrors would just kind of appear in there because of all the blood that had been shed. <laughs> Tissa, like, looks at Marcus. Are, are there any other entrances? Mm. Yes, several. If, but if, if it's... Um, but if it's barred, someone had to bar it. I know. And from the other side, you hear a loud scraping noise. A deep resonant sound of wood being ground against stone. And Marcus falls forward and just starts to weep. And uh, that's going to take us to memory time. Oh, that's that's such a a sad scene. I think, as always, my memory is Marcus and Cultus's, the way they interact. They're sort of opposites, but they kind of feed off each other. I really like that. Hmm. I'm very curious to see who's uh, opening the door. Cliffhanger. That anyone should open the door at all is miraculous. Yeah. It's the kind of thing a benevolent deity might do. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed this episode. I liked doing some chords again. I liked everyone getting to use all of their skills. Like It felt like a team effort tonight. Yeah, I really liked this too. And y'all were so, so careful not to be in the tunnels after dark that I couldn't in clean conscience make you fight in there. We did our best to keep moving. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) Thank you for playing with me this week, everybody. Thanks, everyone. It's a pleasure as always. Yeah, this has been nice. And also as always, send us your memories. Memories of your games or things that you've liked in our episodes or, you know, all sorts of memories. And where can they send those to, Kat? You can whisper them to a tree. I mean, you you can, but will the tree talk to us? 
Of course the Korea will talk to us if the tree goes on Twitter and tweets at us at PeachGardenRPGs or uses the email form on our website, sortofsymphonies.com. If you're not comfortable using the tree as a go-between, you can do these things yourself. <laughs> if you do somehow manage to get the tree to function as a go-between, um, I will be very impressed. Please let us know as well on the Twitter or email form. We would This would be very important information. <laughs> Listener, I love how powerful you are. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got a don't fuck with me vibe, but in like an agreeable way. In that ancient druid kind of way, apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly the vibe. Definitely powerful, but not in a threatening or upsetting way. Mm -hmm. And I've always admired that about you, listener. (laughs) It is very admirable. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. Well, are we, are we, are we, are we done? Until next week, listener, we will be contemplating your powers. <laughs> and we look forward to hearing from your arboreal go-between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to you next time, listener. Bye, Zs. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Hey there. My name is Sophie Lesnay Redacted. My name is Mara Sunshine. My name is Joe Alias. If you're like us, you love fantasy, sci-fi, and all other forms of fiction. Also, if you're like us, you can't stand that the entirety of those genres get dominated by incredibly boring and interchangeable cis, white, abled, straight, male protagonists. Stories like that just weren't relatable to us. So we started making our own. Come join us at Dungeons and Queers, a podcast where we play tabletop RPGs like D&D and Interstitial, and focus on creating stories with diverse characterization and good representation of marginalized groups. We try to tell serious stories in a lighthearted way, focusing on themes like overcoming loss, finding your true family, and subverting your fascist government at every opportunity. Find Dungeons and Queers wherever you listen to podcasts if you're interested in hearing stories about people like you.